Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Thanks for tuning in, Koshers. This is your chart-topping podcast under the Kosh. Excellent. Joking apart, I like that. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. Not too Koshers. Sure. No, <laughs> bit, bit cringy. Or... Welcome back to the Kosh. No, you look good again. Thanks. <laughs> I've got me merch. I've got me cap. <laughs> no, no answer to the question. What? No, uh, just to look good again. Got yeah, I've got me under the Kosh cap. Yeah. Looks well. Fresh off the press. Bloody lovely cap. Yeah. Well fitted. Is it one size fits all? Oh, yeah, it's adjustable. Wow. Yeah, it's it's so sure. I'm looking good. To be fair, like you, we've said it before, you go from a. With a cap on, you're probably a seven, six and a half. And so yeah. you take your cap off, you fall drastically. Three. Eddie the Eagle, one. Eddie the Eagle, fall drastically tackle. I'm swinging. Well, that, to be fair. You doing what? I'm swinging. Oh, right. I've been know. swinging. Have you really? With my cap off. What, in lockdown? <laughs> you are fucking breaking the rules, aren't you? <laughs> I might take a leave from your book, because didn't the dentist get in touch? Oh, yeah, the dentist did get in touch, yeah, but I, I need to phone back, actually. I need to arrange my consultation. No, you need to work out whether it's free or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i got to pay 30 quid for my consultation, right, so then that got the brain think, thinking up. I'm not going to be getting these for free. But then I also, I didn't know if it were a wind-up by you, so I'd, I'll buy up somebody. So I didn't really want to give me bank details of it before. It's a big job. Oh, aye. <laughs> it is. Oh, oh, if aye. you get that for free. How much is a new set of Nashers? Uh, pricey. Bankers. Pricey. Talking thousands. If you, stay, if you stay in this country, yeah. yeah. So if, if there's any um, air transplant companies out there, because if, if, if the cat does the job, then surely if I had a lovely new oh. set of locks. Things you used to have a good barnet, didn't you? I did, yeah. You know, it was luscious. It was. Um... Fuck, if there's any no- anybody that can do a nose job. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any. What we, need is, what we need is we need a demolition crew, we need a scaffolding crew, <laughs> <laughs> and Sir Christopher Wren to fucking design it again. <laughs> so, anyway. Shop. Swiftly moving on. <laughs> Shop.underthekosh.com. Yes. Is that where we're heading? That's where, if you want to get any uh, t shirts, hoodies, caps, beanies, have I missed anything? And there's obviously coasters, mugs. There is, yeah, there is. Yeah. Perfect little Christmas present if you're struggling. Yeah. 
stocking filler. Mm. Another good stocking filler, <coughs> and I'm sure a lot of people who watch the quizzes and stuff, head to Billy's Ball Bags. <laughs> <laughs> For any occasion, you can pick up a superb ball bag to hang Lovely from your... Lovely set of plums. You, you've got a vouch for that. Is this a... Is this a uh, it's not an, an advert. Is this no. an advert you've got, like, just directly through your own email? Yeah. Just enter the it. code brown. <laughs> you get... You get you're you're 20% buy, off. You buy 10% one, each one. You buy one ball, you get the other one free. <laughs> they just feel unbelievable. Anybody who's not seen the quizzes, you, you have a lovely set of prosthetic testicles. Yes. Which come out from time to time. <laughs> anyway, swiftly moving on again. Yeah. Nigel Jemson. Nigel Jemson this week, yeah. Another Some more cluffy gold. Legendary Brian Clough. Yeah. All stories. Do we think he's gone up? Do you think he's gone even more legendary since Norm spoke about him on here? I think so, yeah. In, in, as far as I think we're concerned. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. even like the younger listeners who maybe haven't heard of him yeah. as much as. Oh, know what he will like. Yeah. Because people just say he's the best manager ever to manage England. They never really. A lot of people won't know. What the, the stuff behind it? Yeah. He's what psychology, is crack, what is man management. Stuff. Yeah. Need to mention um, Warnock's interview. Well, the, them them toilets weren't weren't near standards. <laughs> Mate, what about when he went? We too we, we too soft up the us. <laughs> <laughs> as as in, in as a broad <laughs> middle <laughs> accent. Ah, we, hey, we too. I hope we do say we too soft up the us. <laughs> I want to see these Middlesbrough bogs. <laughs> They must be really fantastic. I'm expecting gold taps in Middlesbrough away dressing room. <laughs> There'll be a bloke in corner with aftershaves. <laughs> He's got his cream for him. No cream, no dream. Oh, it worked. We only had Stoke on it. Yeah, Stoke. See, I, see, I think it's bol- I, if They've all been tested, haven't they? So none of them's got COVID, I won't be at the game. So why can't they just quit normal dressing room? Uh, Fuck, even if you. Like, in fact, not even if you. Because I'm going to say, even if you walk down tunnel a minute after others, but. You're fucking grabbing him all that five minutes later, aren't yeah. you? He's just yeah, fucking bonkers. He don't look like a fist bump man, does he, Neil? Do you think he'd have said the same if, um, if they got a win? Would he have been complaining about the facilities? I don't think so. Uh, no. He'd have chucked on his head, wouldn't he? And gone, uh, yeah, we fucking, we've done it despite that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hey, the fuck, they put us in a shithole. Bogs are blocked up and we still back their bun. No, but what a guy. What a guy. He's, 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 he's a dream for me. He's a dream. To play for? No, to fucking get on here. Alright. <laughs> Not bothered about playing for him. Who knows wins this weekend? Yeah. Another humongous winner. Possibly his biggest. £2,250. <laughs> for his for, for your fiver. For that that's for your fiver, that's twenty days before Christmas. You know what that is, don't you? That's life changing. Yeah. Twenty is. days before Christmas he's just won well over two two thousand quid. My right. brother my brother messages at five past nine Saturday night saying, What will the line be for the Blonkers? I got four. Can you get us in? <laughs> That is how tight my brother is. When you're speaking of Blonkers, I've got four this week. Uh, J. Murphy, 807. Nilpois. Beastie, 123, which weren't me. Nilpois. Sharon, 123. Nilpois. And Dan John, 94. Nilpois. I wonder if Beastie, 123 and Sharon, 123 are man and wife. They may be. Either way, they're both. Shite. So yeah, that's before Plonkers thought we... I'm doing horrendous in it, me. But I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I'll keep battling. You only need to win it once, don't you? And it's Club Tropics. Exactly. Right? But Plonkers, who knows wins will be in touch and you'll get your free league next week. Uh, if you've not already downloaded the app, get involved. Yeah. It get is a good crack in that. I want, I, want to get, I want to get like a 10 grand pot and somebody to win it on their own and get six and a half, seven grand. 
get them, get the missions in your little run around. Get on over to the iTunes Store or the Android App Store, and you can <laughs> download it and get involved with the, the league. We've got two midweekers a month, and every weekend, Saturday, three o'clock kickoffs. It's bloody good fun. And enjoy the Cluffy stories, by the way, on Gemos. The Sheffield Wednesday stuff's good as well, though. Carlton Palmer. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Trevor Francis. Tricky Trevor. I think he's one player that I wish I was in the same changing room as Carlton. Carlton. Yeah. yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to be in his company for a night out or a weekend out. Let's get Gemma in then, eh? Yeah. yeah, let's get him in. Plus, his food's just come, so... Gemma! Thank you, yourself. All right, mate. Coming on. No, oh, finally. We've been trying to get him on for a while, haven't we? Good location. Are you comfortable, by the way? You look a bit. <laughs> I know I feel like I'm in an electric chair here. <laughs> I don't know where to put my arms. <laughs> Just forget about the cameras and that bit, honestly. <laughs> well, I've got this stupid. What are these for here? I'm like I'm jammed in. Fast in my seatbelt here. I'm on a plane. <laughs> oh, 22 clubs in total. We're not going through all of them. Is that all? I thought it was more than that. No, well, 22 on my list. No, so it's probably wrong. A lot of loans there. <laughs> yeah. Fair, that's more than me. That's seven more than me. Journeymen. We're both journeymen, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I like to travel a bit. <laughs> you started young, though, didn't you? In terms what, of being involved. Football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Involved at a young age. Yeah, played uh, played for my, obviously, Preston North End, first club there. You know, left school at 15, went straight into football at 15, so had a good run. So you're always a striker. We've had plenty of players on who started in different positions, ended up playing in totally different ones to what they started with. No, I've not, I've not changed. I wanted the glory. So <laughs> striker was always the one, wasn't it? You know, you, yeah. you score a goal, you're a hero, aren't you? So, but no, it was. I mean, I had half a goal, and um, yeah, I mean, it, like yourself, you know, you, as a young age, you, you look at St. degrees and want to play football. And I was on the park every every uh, time I could get older, you know, football and. and Shooting. Uh, you know, when I was young, mate, St. Greaves had got a fucking show on a Saturday afternoon. You're showing so, so your age to, here. I used to love it. Well, I am showing my age. Listen, <laughs> I only look 41, though, but. You do. You look better than me for 50, whatever you are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> was it coming through as a trainee in the, in the 80s? We've heard uh, a lot of tales of initiations, bullying. bullying. It, yeah, it, it was. There's all sorts of things that have gone around, but you know, like I say, I, I just focused on football. I was so driven that, yeah. you know, at Preston, even when I was at Preston, you know, and signed as a, a, a YTS, I didn't think I'd made it, you know. You know I want to go to the next level, I want to get a pro contract, and people obviously know that. I'm such a, a confident person, certainly at football anyway, uh, that, you know, when I got into the team, and, and I got into the team at a young age, um, and I was the only one out of the five YTS lads who got taken on as a, as a professional anyway, um, that I used to go to the office before a game to see what scouts were going to watch because I want, you know, not necessarily play better because obviously I always want to play well, but, you know, if, if I had a good game, or oh, Liverpool watching or Forest watching or Man United watching, et cetera, et cetera. So you actually used to yeah. go to the office to see which scouts had, had, from yeah, which clubs had got tickets? There was another reason as well. There was a, a nice fit bird in there. <laughs> <laughs> but she went, she went on then to marry Alan Kelly, so... <laughs> you must Cheers, have, Alex, yeah. you, pull the winner. you must have hit the ground running though to be involved at 16 we don't know whether these facts are right but it's, we've got that you've made your debut at 16 but we know that you're involved so that's even that's quite unheard of 
it's rare that a 16-year-old's involved with the first team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I was playing at um, local football 14, things have changed now because, and I think not for the better, I could still play, even though I, I got signed by Preston End, I could still play local football. You know, you know, it wasn't a case of now where, say, for example, as a, as a 12-year-old boy, you signed for Forest. That, that's it. That's it. You know, you, you the academy five, six times a week or whatever, and that, that, all your eggs in one basket. You know, I was still associated with Preston then, but I could still play for the local football team. I was actually playing men's football um, over 18s at, at 14. It was great because it, you know, it gave me that experience of playing there, so nothing fazed me. You know, so I went in there, you know, with knew what was going to happen, and uh, and like I say, I was, I was driven by wanting to succeed. You know, people talk about it today about all oh, the money inside of it. It wasn't an issue then. It was all about you know who I could play for, you know, cup finals, Wembley, England, etc., etc., sort of thing. And and that's what it was for me. It was nothing about anything else but scoring goals and playing football. Mm. Then obviously I went to the next level. I got a white chest, twenty-seven pounds fifty a week. I had to give my mum a ten over that. You know, <laughs> killed me. Thing is, though, man, we all, you always seem to have loads of money in your pocket, though, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I didn't actually because there was a fellow at the time called Jeff Wrightson. He came from Newcastle down to Preston. And he was in digs not far from me, so we used to get the bus. But we used to get paid by a cheque. So you got 20, you know, every, I think it was a Thursday, you go in there, you get your cheque. We went straight into town. The bank then, you just had to sign it, and they cashed it. And he got me into gambling. It's the worst thing I've ever done. You know, so by Friday morning, my fucking wages are gone. <laughs> my mum's asking for a 10, I'll, I'll get it next week. I'll, yeah, I'll double up next week, mum. The, the, the pound bet goes to a tenner, the tenner goes to 20, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's um, not a good thing to get into, yeah. and um, but it's all his fault. And um, yeah, but, and then yeah, I thought it was good because the wages went up to 35 quid the second year. Uh, and again, to, to represent your hometown club is something special. Uh, yeah. Even though when I went back, I, you know, I got booed every fucking time I played. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can remember. I can remember going back with Sheffield Wednesday. We went to Preston, and uh, obviously for some reason I don't know why, because I'm all I've done is represented the football club and then gone on to bigger and better things. But some sort of jealousy sort of thing that I've done that and I've come back, and as soon as I walked through the tunnel for a warm up, they were booing me and stuff like that. And again, that didn't bother me in the slightest. The more they get on me, the, the better I come something. But just the, every kick, boo sort of thing. Like and then at the end of the game, I've clapped the Forest fans, uh, the Sheffield Wednesday fans, sorry. And then they've had a go at me because I've not clapped the Preston North End fans. So I'm out that night and obviously my dad's a policeman and uh, radio through and there's a gang of lads. I was in a nightclub who were going to come and get me. So I had to, I had to get escorted out of the forbidden nightclub because... The trouble it's going to cause. So. That's Andy when your dad's a copper, yeah. isn't it? Dad. That's why with blues and twos. <laughs> but, <laughs> get the boys down. Dad. Inside info, isn't it? Something, but mm. uh, yeah. But I mean, again, I, I go back to Preston, not as often as I should do. But, you know, see the family and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'll always be, just always be grateful for, for them to give me that opportunity and, and to you know give me that first step on the footballing ladder. Yeah. So you played thirty-two games. When was it that the interest started coming? When did you think? Hold on a minute, I can get a. Start looking for a movie. When was the interest? Can I say the first game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, again, I, I don't know. You, you obviously, to start off with, you just you're going in there and you, you just want to do well and stuff like that. But the more I played, the more 
interested was you know you hear things you read the papers don't you also just you're not nowhere near the finish article at 17 18 years of age you know the first actual club that officially came in for me was norwich city they put a bid in for 100 grand that created more interest and then you know well pressing a selling club then or would they have been happy no, to no, get that not or? really but in the end they wanted me to go because they need the money yeah um you know, he, he said that I went for under 50 grand. It's actually 250 grand, I think, I went for. But um, it's quite a big fee back then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Will, how, what how was it, 87, I think it was? Um, 18. Jeez. So, well, I had the opportunity. I mean, again, a lot of interest, and there's talk about all the clubs, but Man United wanted me. Um, you know, they, they put a bid in for me, and obviously the John McGrath rang me up and said, look, Man United come in, not interested. You might all be aware... They aren't my favourite club in the world. Um, in fact, I can't stand them. So they are this straight Fucking hate, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm loving every minute of them. Struggling at the moment. <laughs> Keep Solskjaer in the job because he's doing rubbish. <laughs> um, but um, no, they came in for me, and I didn't really want to go. But obviously, again, you get a bit of peer pressure from the manager. You know, the club need a bit of money. You need to go and stuff like that. So it was agreed with Alex Ferguson. I'd go for two days training to have a look at me. You know, in person. Um, so I went to the cliff uh, the first day and uh, obviously met Alex Ferguson, or Sir Alex Ferguson, should I say, um, and uh, met him. And, and we had like a practice game, non contact uh, game. And it was okay, you know, you know Whiteside, Brown Robson, and all that there, something. But again, I, I don't know if I was a bit of a role by all, but didn't make, I wasn't made to feel very welcome and stuff, which was expected really to be honest because obviously the role these World Cup stars and well I think I actually played in the same team as Norman White so I think I played up front with him so I, think, um, I just didn't feel it and I didn't want to go there just to sit in the reserves for and you know I'd gone into the first team yeah. you know so I'd experienced it and you know the Saturday's three o'clock kickoff something so I remember going there and I came back home and was like yeah I didn't go I just didn't like it you know, it just wasn't for me sort of thing and so I didn't want to go I felt the pressure to go there not that bothered about going back tomorrow. So we're having, obviously, a meal, and then the phone rang. So I've gone to pick it up, and as you do at the time, hello, it's such and such a number. And, uh, and it's <laughs> six, five, six five nine two three seven. <laughs> I was going to say the number then, but I thought, no, because they've still got the same number. <laughs> um, but um, again, so I said, hello, and he went, is that Nigel? I went, yeah. He went, Nigel, Brian Clough here. Obviously, I'm not as good at doing that as what obviously Mark Cross is. Um, he said, I believe you want to sign for me. And I went, and you think, who the hell's this? Is this a wind-up? Yeah, yeah, you know what footballers are like. Someone's taking the piss out of me here. And so I, I, I was a bit cagey. And I went, yes. And he went, um, I've been told some very good things about you. I said, come down to the city ground tomorrow. Don't be late, nine o'clock. See you then. Put the phone down. That's all I got from him. And apparently, I think they were playing QPR that night in London, so they got a game. So, told mum and dad, obviously, spoke to the, the Preston manager. So, the next morning, didn't turn up at Man United, didn't let them know. Um, and I went down with my manager, his driver, mum and dad, to, to Forest and, and came down and signed. When you said you weren't welcomed at Man you didn't feel welcome at Man U, was that Ferguson or the players? Um, no, Ferguson was right, because I, I, I met him, uh, shook hands with him and stuff like that, but it was, it was just... A young lad coming in, you know. You didn't feel as wanted. I just, yeah. It's just, just didn't feel right. Off. Maybe it was me because I didn't want to be there. Where does that hatred for Man United come from? I think it was always a case of, um, you know, because I live that close yeah. to Manchester, I think you, 
more matches. You either like it, you don't, sort of yeah. thing. And uh, I certainly didn't. Um, <laughs> so, so you can't really put your finger on it then. You just no, like I just don't like him. And and then obviously as years <laughs> gone on, I hate him even more. You know, you know. Remember the first time you met Clough? So I'm just thinking about the phone call. So I, yeah. it's Brian Clough. I've heard you want to sign for me some. <laughs> the arrogance. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yes, I went. Yes, boss, sort of thing. So I came down, and then we all congregated into this room. So. I didn't know what was happening. Never been down anywhere like this. Obviously, you see it on TV and stuff. This this great man in his green jumper and stuff like that. So, yeah, obviously I met him. We sat down, had a cup of tea, and then it was it was weird because suddenly it was a case of you know it got this his assistant his PA a lady called Carol, um, and she like got some money. Cluffy gave her some money and said, "Take Mr. And Mrs. Jemson to the lace market, buy them some lace." So. so they cleared off into town. What, did your mum get a skimpy pair of knickers out at job? <laughs> no, I think it was more of a, 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 a tablecloth and stuff like that. I, think, yeah. I don't think they did them that big, did they, that time? <laughs> um, and then suddenly he, he gets Alan Hill, who's obviously one of the coaches, and, he's, and he comes to me and says, now just come with me. I had to take Cluffy's dog for a walk, Del Boy, down the trend. I didn't even know there was a river in for me, Nottingham, <laughs> something, so I don't know where I was going to go. And then John McGrath and Brad Clough discussed the contract. And when everyone came back, there's a the contract, sign it. And that was it. I didn't even know what I was getting. <laughs> so, so you take the so dog, took for, his a walk, dog for a walk. Take the dog for a walk, son. We're going to sort your deal out. Like. I mean, to refer to him, he was, a, he was a lovely dog. And in the end, I ended up getting a golden retriever. He was a golden retriever. And uh, it was lovely something. But um, no, it was just weird. So again, so again, one minute I'm at Man United. Not enjoy myself. Next minute, I'm signed for it was a Thursday, uh, I think it was in March, uh, just before the deadline day, and um, and then I signed, and it was like now you sign, you're done, forget it. So, you know, so he said, well, you might as well go back home, say your goodbyes, whatever, come back down Saturday. We're at home. I went great. Who are we playing? Man United. <laughs> so obviously I came down and uh, you not, not actually told them you weren't coming. I, I never spoke to him. Did you get personally. a call? Not no call for you not turning up. I, th- I think they might have rang up press and said, "You know, where is he?" Something like that. But obviously, again, media stuff. The, the, the great one. He obviously got must have got told that he'd gone down to to Forest to sign for him. But he, 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 he Alex Ferguson blanked me on the Saturday. Didn't talk to me. You know, because he come down here and sign for him. So then um, watched the game thinking that I've got all my stuff down, you know, to come down and stay then. And then Cluffy turned around to me and says, oh, we've got Man City on Tuesday in the reserves. You might as well go back home again. So I went back home um, and then said, report to Man City, go there, and then I'll come back then on the coast, yeah. So, so you not even trained, you played a reserve game without even training with the lads? Didn't even train with And I played the game and that was it. And then I got you the were. coach and uh, I can't remember the win, but I, I do, what I do remember is that you know, the style of football he played, he always wanted strikers to come to feet. So, you know, sometimes, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I actually did run some channels. Go out of that fast, didn't we? Yeah, not, <laughs> not very often. But I was like, you know, so in his eyes, I was running away from the ball. So at the end of the game, we, we always used to have a, a football in the middle of the dressing room. We used to have this red towel folded up with a ball in the middle of the dressing room. Every game, there's always that, that's your friend. Don't ever run away from it. You know, so, so he picks this ball up uh, and I've just finished this game and he's flipping shoving it in me flipping stomach saying that's your friend that's your friend and so they don't think the 
hell's going off here? Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so that that was it. Yeah, you know, I got on the coach, and that was the the journey at Forest. So did you never check your contract? You were just literally signed this. I mean, I don't mind saying it, sort of thing. I mean, I was at Preston. On, normally, they give the first year pros there seventy five quid a week. I got because I'd made the, the first team. I, they put me on hundred pound a week. So I came down to Forest. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. To be honest, I didn't know what to ask for. So, but it didn't matter anyway because I didn't get. I was in the negotiations anyway. The, the manager got no choice. I mean, I'm sure they looked after each other anyway. Yeah. Um, but then I got told it was two hundred and fifty pound a week, and I signed a four year contract. It went to three hundred, three fifty, then four fifty. But I got eight grand as a sign on fee. Well, that was over four years, so I got two grand a year. I thought I'd made it. Yeah. But, you know, the, the the first. I mean, my mum and dad have arguably been the best supporters of my, you know, my life sort of thing and you know, my mum has be, been everywhere and I wouldn't have been where I am now without her so the first sign-on fee I got I paid for it to go on the QE2 and Concord you know for two grand I was able to do it sort of thing and you know so that two grand I got went went anywhere but uh, it was worth every penny just to see the smile on yeah. your face how was he with obviously signed you as an 18 year old how, what was the process like of him getting you involved in the first team. Did he do anything different Well, to integrate I mean, you amongst the first team? The first team, thing lads? that stands out in my mind was, obviously, like most clubs, you have the first team squad and you have the reserves, so you're in the dressing room. So we didn't have a kind of, we, we got changed at the city ground every day. So you come in and you and thinking I was going to go straight into the dressing room with Pierce and Dares and all this stuff. I got shoved down the bottom end thinking, hold on, I've just had 250 grand here. What, what am I doing down here? The thing um, is as well, he's, he's not actually seen you play, has he? No, he when didn't. He, when he said, I've heard good things about you. Well, it was his greengrocer recommended me. I, I, <laughs> that's where it's all come from. I played for uh, President Mansfield and he, he went to watch me. And, and obviously, Cluffy's gone into greengrocer. He must have said, oh, I've seen a, seen a flower sort of thing. And, and that was it. Greengrocer. Grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just spend 250 grand. He's not even chatting to you. Nigel's done me a deal on fucking taters. A different time, isn't it? Imagine Jota walking down Mersey with Klopp's Cocker Spaniel <laughs> But that's, that was football, wasn't it? That's the love of the game. I yeah. mean, obviously, you talk about someone that's very different, you know, someone that's... And that was the love about him, you know. He was so unpredictable, you just never knew what he was going to come up with next and stuff, so... Um, so you shipped off down in the reserve dressing room? Reserve team dressing room, yeah, and then to learn my trade and stuff like that, and then I still hadn't got into the first team picture. Um, and then Preston were doing quite well towards the end of the season and they wanted me to go back to try and get me into the playoffs to get promoted to which I did and we got promoted so I had the last maybe two three months of the season I think back at Preston How was he selling them long moves to you? Was it getting you ready for the first team? No, he just told me I had to go <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you had much choice No, I mean listen until you've actually worked with the, the, the great man you don't realise how he worked and stuff you know like I say I've known people to sign blank contracts before and, and trust me you know and stuff like that but he did everyone had so much respect for him you know I'm privileged to play under him um, you know and he's, he's obviously for me obviously the, one of the greatest managers that's been um, and I learned a hell of a lot from him. You know, I had success at a young age with him, and um, you know, I'll always be grateful. So that's big, that. If you're spending 250 grand on an 18 year old. That your Green Ross was recommended. And you're still not playing in the first team for a year? I signed, in, the year? I signed in the March, yeah. and it was a following, so probably 18 months. So that's like not answering to anybody, is it? You know, like we talk about managers having to prove 
what they've signed, mm. putting players in because they've signed them. It's like I say, it's led your trade, he's got, he's got, got you in and stuff. We've heard examples of Clough knocking players down a peg or two, you know, when he to get knock them back down to earth. Was there any Norway's, examples? No, he's fucking what, what playing with a Sunday league team yeah. and stuff. Of course, I mean, knock you down all the time, something. Sort of I mean, he used to call me big head, you know, there's <laughs> obviously the. There's a big story about it. there's only one person who's got a bigger head than him, and that's Nigel Jemson. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he did an interview, I think, away at Leeds, and he was talking, I can't remember who the manager was at the time, um, and he said that you know, they'd have to stop the traffic if it stopped the traffic if me and Clough were going through the gates at the same time because he won't fit in. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you saw him, and you, you tried to avoid him at times because. Yeah, but. You know, he, I mean, there's plenty of things like you go, I had to clean his shoes, you know, and stuff like that, and you think, why am I cleaning your shoes? Well, you, you did because he told you to do it. <laughs> you spent 250 grand for a fucking shoe cleaner. Shoe shine. You know, I mean, you, you play a game. I remember playing the game and my hamstring was a bit tight. I'm, I'm having a flipping rub with the physio at half time. And obviously, Cluffy struggled with his knees. So I'm having a rub at half time. Went you know, to go back for the second half. And he was like, the physio, physio, come here. My knees are sore. So the physio flipped him straight away, jumped off me, straight, rubbed his knees, and he just, you know, stroked him like that. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. <laughs> and I'm thinking, hold on, I'm, I'm going out in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, fuck a centre forward, my knees are sore. That, that's it, something, and, and that's just the way it was. It, you know, you couldn't, in the dressing rooms, you, you sat there in the dressing room, and I've been in dressing rooms before where people are on the spot running and flipping jeering themselves up. You had to sit how you, I am now. If you wanted a drink, you couldn't get it yourself. The subs had to get it. You know, it was just incredible how he got his, his football club how he wanted it and everyone obeyed him. Not because of the fear factor, just because it was a respect and it worked. It was Brian Clough, wasn't it? Did you see anybody crossing? No. And Shout it, back at him. And, it, and it's funny because you look back in time and not I don't really recall any ex-players coming out and giving him, you know, for whatever, because there's, there's lots of things we could say about him that, you know, sometimes you didn't agree with, but he didn't. You know, people thought that, or, or believed that we didn't get on, we did get on, he was just, I was just a confident, arrogant player that had success at young age and he just wanted to knock me down and peg it to You're a little bit too alike. Yeah, in a, in a way. Uh, and again, obviously, he's got his son there that was obviously very quiet, and now I'm flipping this 18, 19, 20-year-old coming in and successful and, and doing well, and... He just thought, I'll show you sort of thing. <laughs> Didn't he lay one on you after a game on time? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. Um, he, he left me out of the team for some reason. And um, obviously, I had a sulk kind of think about it. And he, he stuck me in the reserves. But he didn't just stop me in the reserves, he put me stuff for the reserves. <laughs> So I'll fucking I'll show him. He's so, not only playing Tuesday night, he's sub. I know. So he's knocked me down. So again, bless it as well. My mum's come all the way down from Preston on a flipping Tuesday night. You know, she works probably till three o'clock at the bank and then rushes down to Darb to watch me to support me. And I'm sub. <laughs> so I'm sat there and I'm looking at her and she's going <laughs> showing all these emotions and I'm going <sighs> So I'm I'm not even warming up, I'm jogging down the pitch, so I'm thinking and stupid, I'm thinking, I'll show him where I'm never, ever going to win. So I can remember going on, and uh, one of his pet hates was, if you get you know, down the line, to put a cross behind the back of the goal. So I think it was, we were, one nil, we were down 1-0, I think it was, about 20 minutes ago, he puts me on. And then we get an equaliser. And then the last three, four minutes, I've got the ball on the right wing, and I put this cross over the back of the goal, and I'm thinking, <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
And uh, so we'd get back in the dressing room, and one of these things, so you all sit back again like this in the dressing room, and he used to carry either a tennis ball or a cricket ball, and he used to chuck it like this. So he used to have to catch it and chuck it back to him nice, <laughs> this sort of thing. Like. So I knew I was in trouble when he got this ball. Instead of just going like that, he went, like that, he chucked it at me, and I caught it like this sort of thing. And then he, he said to me, son, stand up. So he walks over to me. He said, son, have you ever been hit before? I went, no. And he went, <laughs> and whacked me in the stomach. <laughs> and he went, well, you have now. <laughs> he said, you're an embarrassment, you're a disgrace. Your mum up there should be ashamed of you and all this stuff. <laughs> I didn't know what hit me. Well, obviously I did. He had yeah. it. <laughs> so then I've come well, out. Whack to, as well. Yeah, Not- pop a punch. <laughs> Probably punching me stomach, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, and then he told me to sit down after it. <laughs> Glad that I did. I was winded. Just because um, you put one out for a goal kick. Yeah, and obviously again, <laughs> you're a just, disgrace. Your mum must be embarrassed of yeah. you. And um, so I go outside, mum's there, and I said, "He's just hit me. He's just hit me. Mum, you can see the gap, he just hit me." So, well, you must have done something wrong. I said, "Well, I know what I've done wrong." And uh, I shanked the cross. So then, obviously, he's walked past and he's gone. Good evening, Mrs. Jemson, and walked past, and that, and that was it. But <laughs> it's funny because there was a. So again, we, we come into the ground the next day, and uh, there was a cafe just just around the corner from here. It used to call Mackay's, and we used to meet up. Some of the players used to meet there in the morning, you know, get a full breakfast, cup of tea before training. So I'm sat in there, and um, a fella comes in, and he said, Nigel, yeah. I said, Can I work here? I said, Yeah. He said, I work for the Mirror. And I think Cluffy had this thing about the Mirror, I don't think they got on. And uh, he says, is it true, I've been told, that you got hit last night by Brian Clough? And I went, who said that? He said, it doesn't matter who said it, but obviously, is it true? He said, I'll give you 10 grand to do a story on it. I'm 18, 10 grand. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sounds nice, that does. Sorry. But then I thought to myself, this is Brian Clough here that, you know, yeah. This is the end of my Forest career. Yeah, yeah. This could be the end of my footballing career. My <laughs> my forest career. I don't think, to be fair, no. So I then turned him down. I went straight down to, to the ground, knocked on his door, and he went, what do you want, shit house?" <laughs> so I said, I just wanted to know that I've just been in the cafe and someone from the mirror wanted a story about, you punched me last night. He said, what do you say? I said, no comment. He went, good man, well done. And then shut the door. That was it. <laughs> um, but I heard through the grapevine, it, I'm not going to name him, but a player had obviously got this rapport with one of the reporters, made, tried to make some money out of doing a story and sold me down the river a little bit, something. So, but I think he respected me for, for what I did there, even though that, for me, it's not the done thing. Cause could it, have been it, another fucking trip to New York for your mum, couldn't it? Concord. Well, yeah, <laughs> and it could also be being back to Preston North End or something like that as well. <laughs> what was it like after it then? You know, in the coming days, fine. Everyone was talking about it, but again, you know, just just get on with it. But oh, you get on with it and deal with it, don't you? So no apologies, no. No, I was out of order there, son. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Guys. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think Brian Clough was ever going to apologise. I mean, uh, no, that that wasn't his. You know, he was a boss or thing, but uh, yeah, he did it, and you get on with it, don't you, and stuff. Uh, but it was, again, it was, it was always in the books and stuff like that that he punched me. No, it was, it was it. But again, life was always, you know. You never knew what was happening at Forest. Yeah. You, you train on a Friday. No one could go on a Friday after training until the team sheet went up on the on the wall. You get changed, everyone's there, and Liam will come and 
put it up on the board. Susie straight away. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Great. So even though you had a good game the week before, you just didn't know. And um, so I'm down there, number ten. So we have a meeting. I start go back home. Come in the next day, home with tracksuit up. Got my ankle strapped. I've had a massage. And Lee comes in. This must be about two, ten past two, something like that. There might be a change of plan. Bear in mind, I've come in early. I've got my ankle strapped. You're ready to go. I've got my. Th- I'm, I'm in my charge. I've had a bit of a stretch. I'm ready to go. A new team comes in. I'm not playing. I'm not even sub. How do you deal with that? <laughs> so then I go. I go. I go up in the flipping stand. My mum and dad's come all the way down from Preston. Wasted journey. So I sit in the stand and I've got a fella in front who's been slagging me off. James and get hold of the flipping ball or something. <laughs> it's Phil Starbuck, who obviously is blonde hair, looks like me. So I tap him on the shoulder, I went, Have oh, you got a problem? He then clocked it, he got the wrong person. I said, I'm sat behind you, I'm not out there. <laughs> I might have been strapping somebody around the and field. He, and he's slagging me off and I'm not even playing, so it, it made me feel even worse. <laughs> you could smell the oil on your legs, couldn't it? <laughs> But again, yeah, a typical Brian Clough. You know, Did he give a reason? He never gave a reason. Well, even when he left me out there, the FA Cup final team, you know, I've always, you know, you go to do's and, and obviously with parts, you know, after dinner speaking, he knows, you know, there's always a piece of paper on there and, and Clough is always there saying, any questions, write a question down. So when I've been with people on the table, I said, right on there, why do you leave Jemson out there, FA Cup final team? And I saw, and he must have done it three times. And his answer was, because I could. He never gave me a reason. You know, the, the, the day he told me I got left out of the cup final, and this is a year after me scoring obviously the winning goal in the League Cup final, the year after, bear in mind, his assistant told me during the week that I was playing. We went down there, trained at Bishop Abbey on the Friday, and um, no one knew the team. So we get back on the coach, and obviously on the coach, we got the staff curtain players. So he comes down, comes to Pacey, got this old piece of paper, gave it to Pacey, walked back down, didn't say anything. Pierce looked at him and went, Jamo, you're not playing, you're left out. I'm 14th man. There was only a squad of 14 went down. So at the time, obviously, the two subs, I was the other man out. So I'm on the floor crying in, in, on the coach going back to the hotel. And uh, so we get back to the hotel. Are you expecting to be playing? Well, I got told, told you on the week by his yeah. sister I was playing. And um, so we get back to the hotel, and obviously, you've got all the media there and stuff like that. I'm coming off crying my eyes out, and he grabs me and tells me to have a picture with him. So I'm, he's laughing, smiling, I'm crying my eyes out, he's on the back page of the flipping papers. So, you know. You made I'm, a beeline for you, knowing Grazie, you're upset, yeah. but try to, do you think that was for, to get in the press, because he'd left you out, but I've got this no picture, idea. If, if you ever try and read Branko's mind, you, 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 you find losing yeah. battles, something. You know, you've got no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm absolutely on the floor. I'm devastated thinking. And Tottenham, I always used to do well against Tottenham. It's FA Cup, our biggest time, you know, biggest game of you know, your career. Yeah, back possibly. then, it were the FA Cup final was the one yeah. one sort of thing. And uh, yeah, to be left out for League Lover, I've, I've still not got over it. I'm, <laughs> I'm still a bit of mantle. League Lover, any good? Or? <sighs> I don't, you know, how long have we got? No. <laughs> No, he's, uh, if you listen to this, Lee, uh, he's still bitter, Nigel, about it. I think he knows that. And he take, every time he sees me, he has this smile on his face, it winds me up even more. 
Um, but um, I mean, it was, a, it was a trophy that Brian Clough never won as a manager at Nottingham Forest. So it, it was strange. And I think to this day that I think that if myself, Hodgie and uh, Lozzie would have played, I still think we would have won that game. And I think that goes for most Forest supporters. It just, you know, in my opinion, picked the wrong team. Um, obviously, I'm going to say that because I wanted to play. Um, but um, it, it was it was a tough one to to, you know, to, to get over. Um, so obviously then that was the end of the season, and then you look over the summer, and you're still hurting, and it doesn't tell that he spends two million on Teddy Sheringham. So, so, <laughs> so, so you think, you know. hold on, I've just been left out of cup final for the Finley Glover, you know, and no, I, I just don't know what he brought to the team anyway. See, I think even though it's even though it's Brian Clough, I think the disappointment is overruling the fact that it's Brian Clough and you're going ballistic, aren't you? You're taking a fucking piss. It was. It, it was eat away at me. I'm thinking, so I'm sat there and I'm, you know, my mum and dad, you know, I ring them up on the Friday. Was it, so, so on the Friday, we, I get told this story, uh, told I wasn't playing something there. So I'm up around the hotel and uh, I'm sharing a room with Norm, I think, on, on the, the day. So, so obviously he's played and I wanted to get out of the room and stuff. So I go downstairs in the snooker table. So I started playing snooker. And Archie Gemmel, and we used to call him Egghead, the physio, because he got the bald head sort of thing. And uh, they used to they used to go uh, running all the time. So they're coming down and uh, they're saying, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just going to get out of there sort of thing. I said, do me heading around the hotel. They said, come for us with us. Well, everyone knows me and running don't go anyway. What do I want to go for a run for? I said, come on, come for a run. It won't do you any harm. And I'm thinking, hold on, if you cut final tomorrow... And you want me to go for a run? What happens if someone gets ill or something like that? So eventually they get me out of the hotel. They go for a run. We say, we'll go to 20 minutes. We'll go 10 minutes around there. And we'll come back. Or we'll 10 minutes, we'll turn back. So it's all right. And so we start running. They say, uh, and so we're going around in a loop. So after 10 minutes, the physio said, well, we must be able to go all the way around or something like that. And now an half I was out for. <laughs> <laughs> They've left me. And I'm thumbing the lift. I'm, I'm that tired. <laughs> I want to get live back to the hotel. I don't know which hotel it's called or something like that. I'm, I'm walking back to this hotel. Anyone, I don't know, got ill overnight, I wouldn't have been able to play that for being the next day anyway. I was knackered. Obviously going, preparing for the game and it's very hard when you've just been left out. And uh, so we get down to Wembley and go down Wembley Way and you see all the supporters and <laughs> my face is miserable and you know, they're cheering you on. So he, when you go to the tunnel, Obviously, the coach goes into the tunnel and I'm parked outside and my mum and dad meet me out there, so I'm sitting and I'm crying, they're hugging me and stuff like that. And the supporters go, come on, Joe, same as last year, get the winner again. And all that I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you so, not think about the, like, the night before thinking, fuck it, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go to the bar. Fuck it. That, I, I, no, I wasn't, never, I don't think it was anything to, to do with that. I just, I just, I was numb. And uh, I think it's probably the worst night's sleep I've ever had, I think. And, uh, but again, you, you, for the players, you want them to win. Of course yeah. you do, and as a football club. Um, Even a league lover? Well, maybe not him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, obviously, I would delight, I mean, obviously, Mark Cross is you know, best rate in football, so you know, I was delighted for him to save the penalty and stuff like that. You know? But uh, it, was, it was hard, it was a hard day. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, you, you get back, I mean, the year before, we won the League Cup final, which is obviously the... Or the best moments of my life in football. You, know, you, you finish the game and everyone's just gone off like that in all the directions. And uh, he had his in the next day training. Did he? I was going to say on the flip side of the disappointment, how was he with you after you scored that winning goal? 
you're, well, you're if you watch the game, but it didn't show any emotion on the sideline when they scored the goal. It wasn't the best cup final ever, but for for me, scoring the only goal, the winning goal, is a perfect result. And uh, yeah, but I went home that night and yeah, I just I shared it with you know, mum and dad, I think, and just sat down, didn't didn't really have a drink or anything, sort of thing. And no, I'll go just, out together and have a knee. No, no, everyone just went off into the dungeon. He had his in the next day, so I think I watched match of the day. I think that night, so I went to bed, <laughs> and that was, that was a, a cup final. And um, so the next day he's in training, and he comes down. And he ran us. You've won the cup final, you've not had a shindig, and then he's making you run the next day. The next day he gets in down the training ground and ran us. Bring you collectively back down to us. Yeah, so the following year, the FA Cup final, we lose, and we have a civic reception. We're on the Market Square. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, what the hell's going off here? <laughs> I can remember being on the bus with Lawsy, and he's got his younger son, Jamie, there, who's obviously an adult now, and all that stuff. And Cluffy was there, and I said to him, he said, to the, to the gaffer. Oh, you told this son to tell. He's called Jamie. <laughs> Jamie Laws. And and Brian's like, you can't say that. I went, go on. Tell the gaffer to Because I was pissed off at him. Anyway, he did. <laughs> and he went, it's okay, son. I know where that's come from. Because <laughs> <laughs> that pushed him on the top of the up and top. And he knew it was for me, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some unbelievable times. I mean, the stories, you, know, you, can, you can tell stories about Cluffy all, all day long. Oh, I, could, I could listen all day, could you? Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. just incredible. Mark, yeah, Mark Costa, I'll, I'll tell you a story. We've been on a football trip to, to France, so we, we called off in Paris on the way, on the way back to the hotel, uh, back to the, the airport. So we get dropped off, and he said, right, you've got three hours. So you've got 20 lads, 18 years of age, don't want to go up the Eiffel Tower, all they want to go do is the red light district. <laughs> so we're walking, <laughs> we're walking down there, and um, so Norm says, "Let's go to a live sex show." So there's me, Phil Starbuck, and Mark Crossley. We're walking around looking for the cheapest sex show because we've got no money. <laughs> the cheapest sex show. <laughs> so ten, ten uh, francs plus a free drink. So we said, "Let's get in here." <laughs> so we get in there, and we go in there, and it's all dark, and then suddenly. The, the, this woman ushers to this table and said, sit down here, you can watch the show and we'll, we'll get you a drink in a minute. So three 18-year-old kids there, I'm nervous. I've never been anything <laughs> like this before in my life. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what's going to happen here now? So, so sitting around in this like horseshoe seat, so you know, there's a woman on the stage sort of thing and these two women came up, we'd ordered a drink and I'd ordered, I think I'd ordered a Coke or something. I didn't want to eat any alcohol. I'm in the middle. Phil Starbuck's there. I'm there. Mark Cross is there. So these two girls come up and sit next to Phil Starbuck and Mark Crossley. So then I'm thinking, that's not right. I'm missing out here. <laughs> so they said, don't worry. The girl on stage is going to come. And I'm thinking, I'm 18 years of age here. I don't need this. <laughs> so these girls says, are you buying us a drink? Oh, we can't. Got no money sort of thing. Next minute, these two massive flipping drinks come up with umbrellas sticking out and this like so having these drinks and I'm thinking come on lads we haven't got long left we're going to get back to the coach we can't be late we're going to get rollicking and I'm getting a bit nervous sort of thing so we end up dodging everything thinking we've just had a coke and didn't even see anything so as we're going out three fellas make you look like Danny DeVito (laughs) (laughs) opposite the door like this can't get out 
you've got to pay your bill. What bill? We haven't got a bill. We've got to pay for the women's drinks. So we've got no money, not even seeing anything, completely to waste of time. So we're thinking, what are we going to do here now? So I don't know if you remember, there used to be a thing called Euro checks. It was like a, ch- a checkbook, but obviously you could use it abroad. So me and Norm says, we haven't got anything. And, and, and Phil Starbuck's got this like man bag thing. He's got these Euro checks. Yeah, I said, Starby, you're going to have to write a Euro check. <laughs> 300 quid it was to get out of this for nightclub. <laughs> I feared for my life. I thought we're going to get back to these fellas and you're not going anywhere sort of thing. So we're saying, Starby, we'll pay you when we get back pre-season sort of thing and all this stuff. So he said £100 each and we've actually had to leg it from there. To, I, honestly, I, that, I shit myself. I thought, we're in trouble here. I'm, it's going to be backstage, I'm going to get pummeled. What were, you, <laughs> what were you most nervous about? The fact that you couldn't get beat up or the fact that you're going to be late for the coach? <laughs> Life of the coach, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it on and keep it, but make it quick, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it was just a, a moment again that you know, as, a, as an eighteen-year-old lad, you're living it. It was that experience, but it's something I've never forgotten. Three hundred frank experience. Time. <laughs> you, you learn, don't you? Three hundred frank, at least what a wank, don't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, we, we've, I mean, it, the times we've had together. He is, like I say, he's, he was an usher at my wedding. We've been godparents to each other's kids, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, he was the one fella from football that we just gelled and we, we've always been mates. And you mentioned about when you... Did you play golf against each other for a pairs? Yeah. Lose that to pay for the whole night out or something, about it? Yeah. Again, we were members of Ruddington. So we had this idea that we're going to go out. The losers had to buy the other two the drink all night while we're out. So like me being a, an half-decent golfer, I'm thinking, I'm up for that. <laughs> So I'm partnering Stan, and we had to combine our scores on the whole. So if I got a four on the first hole, Stan got a six, that's ten. Norm got an eight, and the other got an eight, a 16, we're six, six, six in the hand sort of thing. So we're playing, and if you know Runton, there's a hole, it's about the 13th something. You go down the hill, but you've got loads of trees, and you've got like a big house which is used for the groundsman, you know, he's keeping his tracks in and all that sort. So it's not the place to be behind that, so it's dog leg left around there. So I said to Stan, he'd teed off and he'd got down in the trees down there and I'm down in perfect position and uh, we must be eight shots clear. So I said to him, I said, Stan, just chip out. No, no, I can get over it. I went, Stan, <laughs> chip out and just go to that. No, no, I'm going to get over it. He must have had 10 shots trying to get out of there. Sort of <laughs> so we've gone from being six or eight shots clear to two shots behind. So we end up losing the 13-18. So we had to buy the drinks like that. So Norm's going, he sees people, what are you drinking? <laughs> and we're having to pay for all this. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's flipping having half a drink and dropping it on the floor. So I'll have another one of those. <laughs> it's cost us actually flipping fortune. Stan. Because flipping Stan. If you want to go, Stan, tip out. Tip <laughs> out, Stan. And I'll never forget it because I'm flipping thinking, one well, right winner here. Well, I've been quids insulting, but it was hilarious to think, but it wasn't. He's a good lad, that Mark, and he's getting drinks in tonight. Fucking Gemma picking Sabo. Another bottle of Dom Pon over here, please. Honestly, it was incredible. Imagine that. Honestly, anyone in this hood, you want a drink? Gemma, get that one with you as well. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When it came to leaving, were you disappointed when the club would tell you? Maybe no, it, it, it was weird because... I just signed improved contracts in your time at Forest. Yeah, I signed a, a couple of contracts since, yeah. Yeah, at the time. Stuff so like the that. stuff you were having, you like, liked? Oh, yeah, there's not a problem at all. Um, I'd say even when I got left out of the cup final team, um, obviously I went home for the summer, came back, Teddy signed, stuff like that. And I, thought, and I, I wanted to prove him wrong, in a way. You know, I want, you know, he's left me out, it's gone. But you know, where was, what was going to happen to Nigel Jameson next? So, so I thought, well, OK, you've got Teddy Shango there now, Nigel. Lee Glover was obviously there. <laughs> Can't even see his name. He's even a change of tune. Yeah. There's, uh, there's Teddy. There's his son, Nigel. There's Lee Glover. <laughs> <laughs> and myself, you know, I think four. Two strikers, two to four, you know, on my outs at links. Um, so I, I thought then, you know, is it time to go? But I didn't want to leave because it was a club that I wanted to stay in. You know, it was a club that was close to my heart. So I came back pre-season and got my head down, uh, trained hard. And the start of the season, you know, Myself, Teddy and Nigel started the season off together. You know, Nigel well, has played on the left a little bit and myself and Teddy up front. And I started off really well, so, you know, scored quite a few goals. Uh, so there's no talk about me leaving. You know, nothing. It was, it was, like I said, the next night when Trevor came to watch the reserve game at Forest that I saw him and he said, I wanted to buy you sort of thing. And he put an offer in that that's only when it, it started. Um, but again, I thought to myself, Trevor Francis, you know, what a, what a football player he was. You know, can I learn from him? And I looked at the dressing room that they had at the time. Sheffield Wednesday is a big club as well as Nottingham Forest. And I thought, I'm interested. I signed with his hamstring unit. He sent me down to London. He, he said, I've got a, a fellow I know down in London that... Specialist. He can look after you. I didn't know who it was, whatever it was. So he says, go down there. So I went down uh, with my agent. And uh, it was a Chinese fella in the middle of Soho. So I'm thinking, okay, he's got these, he's got his own uh, medical rooms and stuff like that. He's actually got this, a stall in the middle of Soho uh, selling fruit and veg. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Something. So, but apparently he's meant to be really good with his hands. I was actually... <laughs> I was, so, uh, you're meeting a guy in Soho who's really good with his hands. You should never want to get pulled off here. And I'm thinking, oh, it would have been better if it had been a woman with good hands, but obviously it's a man. So, anyway, so I met this fella and he obviously knew I was coming down. So I'm sat down on a, on a, a seat in his stall and he's massaging my leg, rubbing my leg and he's holding it and stuff like that and he's, and he's telling me that what he's going to do and, and all this sort. <laughs> And, I, and I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? What have I been doing down here? You know, <laughs> this can't be right. I've just signed for £800,000 million and I'm down in the middle of Fabian Soho for being given my leg massage. Initially back. signed on the back of a fruit and veg man and now yeah, you've been I mean, signing, putting the hands yeah. of the fruit and veg And guy. he's busy. You know, people are buying things and going, oh, all <laughs> Just give us a minute, Nigel. Yeah. I'm just going to see what half a dozen apples are. Just going to so, so, so he said to me, he said, so he's done all this, and then he said to me, he said, go and have a run. I went, where? He went, just down, down the market. It was packed, so it was like for me dodging. So I tried to run down there, and I think I maybe tried, I nearly knocked one of the stalls over because I was running because it was that busy. 
and end up a policeman started chasing me because he thought I'd nicked something down. The <laughs> yeah. So I've just I've just signed for Sheffield Wednesday for nearly a million pounds, and I'm being chased by a policeman in Soho, <laughs> thinking I'm being robbing. <laughs> so as it happens, it was great. It worked. So I've gone back and I've trained, you know, and and everything's hunky dory sort of thing. So um, yeah, that was that. So I've, I've, I've obviously signed for Sheffield Wednesday, and um, you know. I look around the dressing room and you, and you look at there, you've got Chris Woods, you've got David Hurst, you've got Nigel Pearson, you've got Danny Wilson, you've got Vivance, and it's a dressing room full of internationals. And I just thought at the time, it's got to be a good career move for me, you know. Didn't want to leave Forest really, if I'm being perfectly honest, but again, what happened with the cup final was still... Smart team. Yeah. ...still there. Even though I started the season in great form, I just thought it's only a matter of time, maybe something will go wrong, and I just thought it was a great opportunity and I thought that Trevor would help me further my career. So I get out there, you know, made my debut. I can remember missing a sitter from six yards, you know, put the ball over the fucking top and right in front of the... <laughs> you know, the old, fucking hell, he's the ink drive, fuck, send him back. You know, what we bought here sort of thing. Um, and it didn't help, but, you know, I went in the, the end of the October and I had a horrific car crash in the January. No one mentioned the car crash. What uh, what actually happened then? It, well, you were, you were lucky to be here, aren't you? Yeah, it was horrendous to be honest. Um, I had a game of golf. Well, she's like all four nights, you know, January, so it's obviously gone dark. And um, do restricted road, so I'm going down the road and it's up and down, bending around it. So I've gone down this bottom of the hill, and as I'm coming up, you've got a stretch of about 100 yards, and then you've got a bit of a bend. On that bend, there's a steel farm. Um, so as I'm down the bottom of the hill, this lorry's come out, I'm coming up don't know what speed I'm doing as I'm going up to the top of the hill he's in the middle of the road so I slam my brakes on and I've gone to the side of the lorry luckily the barriers on the side of the thing otherwise I'd have, been, I'd have gone straight underneath the lorry um, you know I was fortunate there was no life-threatening injuries but obviously it took a lot out of me you know I, you know, I had to be cut out of the car by but the car behind me has actually gone into the back of me as well so obviously I'd there bounced off it and he's gone into me so, so I'm virtually out for the rest of the season you know, um, so it wasn't the best start of, of my career, so mm. I was un, under the cosh. I'm going to say that. I like what you've done there, Jemmo. From the start, and uh, so then it, it, was a, it was a battle then to, to, to form relationships. I think Paul Williams' strike was there, David Hurst, Mark Bright, myself, sort of thing. So, you know, I've gone from fighting at Forest to, to stay in the team there to, to fighting at Sheffield Wednesday. How was um, Trevor Francis? Because we've had a few on that have said, Obviously, what you said about being a hero, your football and hero, and it was completely different as a, as a manager. That soon changed. What was he like as a manager? People have asked me this question before, and I mean, obviously, takeaways. For, I mean, as a footballer, he was a, he was amazing. Even training with him, playing with him at Sheffield Wednesday. He, you know, obviously, I don't know how old he was. He might be forty years of age at the time, whatever he was. He was amazing, and you look at him and think, wow. You know, wonder yeah. what he was like when he was younger, sort of thing. You know, if he could still do that now. But as a manager, his man management skills were very good. You know, he had Richie Barker as an assistant who did all the, the dirty work, sort of thing. And Trevor just took the glory to a certain point. Um, but it was also very hard. You know, good training. He he thought he was better than what you were. You know, so you know, you you go to training, and he always wants to be first pick at five sides and stuff. <laughs> you know, you think Come on, you've, Trevor, you've had your time. Pick mate. me now. Pick, I'm next in line. Pick me. Um, but um, you know, there's no problem with the relationship. But you know, 
not with Trevor anyway. I didn't get on with Richie, which wasn't ideal. Well, Hursty flipping out. I've got out and said, I played for the England under-21s and I played alongside Alan Shearer. You know, Alan Shearer's unbelievable footballer. You know, I'm not going to, I can't say anything against him because people think I've gone mad. Um, I actually think though that if David Hurst had been clear injuries, he'd have been better than Shearer. And that was probably the main reason I went to Sheffield Wednesday was to play up front with David Hurst. Yeah. You know, he had power, he had scored goals, he was quick, he was strong, but he was one hell of a player. He just, he just, you know, I mean, he was injured once, he came back from that, he'd been out long term, came back to reserve game, 10,000 people turned up to watch it. He was that, I, you know, he was an iconic. Yeah, yeah. He liked to drink as well, didn't he? Oh, he loved to drink, you know, he's, uh, he's, um, but again, that was a culture in those days. Yeah, you could go out and drink. We had, you know, we had a great squad. Yeah, we talk about Forest. We went out as as young lads at Sheffield Wednesday. You went out as a team. You went out with your partners and stuff like that. You know, so every Saturday there was always something happening. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you didn't really go out as individuals. It was we were that good. The banter was that good. Just you know, we start trading at half past ten at Sheffield Wednesday. We used to get in at nine o'clock because the banter was that good. It was we had such a fantastic dressing room. Yeah, you Flash know, said that the people there you know, around you is phenomenal. Pearson, an unbelievable captain. Nigel Pearson, you know, bit of a dull character but unbelievable leader and uh, uh, someone that you looked up in the dressing room. Like he said that, considering the uh, it was a team of internationals, a lot of players on big money, that didn't matter. Well, Everybody was, on, was just I was the same. I was on big money. <laughs> <laughs> Something went wrong there again, isn't it? He just said you'd never have known. Everyone was together. Yeah, it was. It was down to earth. I mean, like I said, you know, uh, Lily's, the, the the sandwich shop around the corner, they must have made a fortune out of us. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you were in Fat Club? Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, eating sausage and egg, well, quarter past ten when we trade at half ten. You just, it's, it's things of the past, you just wouldn't do it anymore now, would you? you know? <laughs> I'll try my best for a long time. You do the warm-up and you've still got flipping tomato sauce. That must have drove Francis mad, did it? Because he, he, he'd been abroad by this point, hadn't he? Uh, so he'd have seen that Yeah, it was a different culture. different culture, something. But it, didn't, it was just, it was there, you know. But people... Because he was a bit soft, people got away with it. I mean, I can remember once where we went over to Belfast. I don't know what, we must have had a game out there. And he took us over to Belfast. And um, we finished this game, and obviously we had this lecture as we'd normally do. Look, listen, lads, you know, we're in Belfast, you can't go out tonight. You know, you're talking to internationals, you're telling them they can't go out. So they're saying, hold on, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a Wednesday night. We'd, if we were in Sheffield, we'd go out. But yeah, but not in Sheffield, you're in Belfast. Yeah. You could get so it, weren't, you know, it weren't the fact that you weren't allowed out, it the fact that. Obviously, be all the troubles and that sure. wouldn't weigh off you. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, as, as footballers do something, but we sod that sort of thing. <laughs> we're going out, you know. We, so we we ring up and we get two taxis. There's eight of us. It went out of about you know that's quite sixteen. So as we we get into this taxi, Richie turns up. Lads, what are you doing? We're going out. So as we're going past, we're giving the royal wave something. <laughs> so we're seething. So. We, we get out, we, listen, we've had a great time, we, we, no problems, you know, we're fine, we'll get back to the hotel. So, so next morning we go training and you could see Trevor sulking down there because it's obviously what's happened and stuff like that. So we we, uh, we have a meeting and, and we're all stood there and, and, and Trevor's talking and he's trying to be hard, but he's not. So then Richie takes over and uh, he said, okay, lads, what are you doing? He said, yeah, we told you you couldn't go out, you disobeyed us. 
you know, you have responsibility, you know, I've got people to answer the chairman. He said, you know, I said, hey, Steve, flipping heck, he said, well, you know, we can't lose you for being three million flipping pounds worth player. You know, Woody, England and Sastel, what the hell are you doing? Carlton, you know, I just don't understand you, what you're doing sort of thing. And he turns around to me and went, well, I don't give a fuck if you get shot or not. <laughs> 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 it's scandalous but funny yeah. <laughs> but, but, but again you know, would you hear that nowadays you wouldn't hear that nowadays but but, but that's how it was and, and, and Flash was part of it and he, and he turned on him and said well you pay you know you can solve so then Flash says well if you don't want me I'll go on but if I'm going on I want first class travel sort of thing and, and that's the way it was <laughs> but uh, you know I mean again it was it was a love-hate relationship you know, with Richie um but it, 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 it was a good time. Yeah, we, we, went over, we went over to South Africa. And um, I say we have this drinking culture, we go on about it. It, it happened in football then, you, know, you oh. go away with it. So Nigel Pearson picks me up in a taxi. So we had this lecture the, the, the day before, we were going over there. It's five days, South Africa. Going five days. Okay, long old it's, trip. it's a long old trip, that is. It's not a party. We're going out there, we've got a couple of games, one in Johannesburg, one in Cape Town. We'll meet at, I don't know, four o'clock in the morning at Hillsborough. We'll go on the coast, we'll go to Manchester Airport, we'll get the flight. It's not a jolly, so act normally. You, you know, Sheffield, you represent Sheffield. Nigel Pearson picks me up in the, in the Fibbing taxi with a Fibbing crate, a Fibbing lager, so we've, got, we've <laughs> having a can in there. So we have a can to the ground. We get to the airport, we're checking in, flight's delayed three hours. So what do we do? We go to the Fibbing bar. So we're all drinking in the Fibbing bar, get on the plane, so we started having shots and stuff like that. We're playing cards and we're having shots, sort of thing. Well, I've been spewed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a jolly. I'm fucking I'm spewed up all over the place. So the lads have looked after me. They put me in this fucking toilet. They put a fucking sheet around me. So just stop. I thought I was in the dentist chair. <laughs> and I like, so I'm still there. And um, so I go back again. And. I've got a bit of sick on me, which I didn't realise I've got something. So they've said, and there's a, a woman's netball team there. So I'm sat near them, and they're all going, oh, you know, can't sit near you, sort of thing, all this stuff. I didn't realise as well, because it was a night flight, two or three of the lads at the back have been given the issue with some sticks, so they obviously stopped serving them or something like that, and they say, well, we want some more drink. So we get back to, you know, we, we land, we go through there, we get to the, the hotel, meeting straight away. Trevor's gone ballistic in and he's flipping turned away and went, and you being drunk and abusive. I said, he said, being sick of it. I said, it was a beef. So I blamed the beef for being sick. I said, <laughs> I said it wasn't a drink. I said, it was a beef. I said, abusive. I said, I didn't. It was Chris Waddle's obviously had it out with his steward. And again, the son had rang up and wanted to do a story on Nigel Jemson being drunk and abusive on the plane going to South Africa. So, and it was Chris Waddle. It was Chris Waller, but he didn't, he didn't want to own up to it, obviously. He's looking after, <laughs> looking after, looking after himself. I mean, in the ditch. He, he, he was probably one of the, he was probably the best player I've ever played with. But um, again, it was the culture of, of that, and you, you got away with it. But again, it was something that Trevor might not have liked, but he had to accept it how we were as a, as a group player. They liked to go out for a drink, you know. But Trevor didn't help himself. We, we were struggling down near the bottom of the table. I think we were about third from bottom. And I think he was under real pressure, and uh, we'd got injuries. And he and he said on the on the Tuesday, he said, "Right, lads," he says, 
We've got Ipswich away on Saturday. He said, but I've, we've got a friendly Enfield on Wednesday night. Everyone's going, what the hell is he doing? You know, we're struggling. We're third from bottom and we can't afford any more injuries when we're playing Enfield. We play the, we go down, play the game. Trevor gets us in. He says, right, day off today, lads. Do what you want. Not a problem. But everyone has to be back by seven o'clock for the evening meal and that's it done. Because we'll be training again on Friday morning at Enfield before we then sit off there to go to Ipswich. So again... So we've gone, just a leisure club, so we've gone playing golf. Me, uh, Carlton and Chris Waddle got to the local boozer. Three amigos, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I don't forget that. I'm only a 20-year-old lad there, something. I'm with the experienced players, something. So I got to this local boozer and obviously he recognised us. Free drinks. <laughs> we get hammered. So we get back at flipping 7 o'clock at night and uh, we have our evening meal and there's a director there that's, got something wrong with his leg or something like that and Carlton's pissed off and he's shouting obscenities this director obscenities oi peg leg and all this sort of thing and we're saying Carlton keep it down so anyway so we finished the meal this is a Thursday by the way you've got a game Saturday Thursday and we're third from bottom and we're playing Ipswich and we're you know we're off cut at this point so you know obviously we know we can't go out so Carlton goes I want to carry on Let's go back to that local booster again. And Walter's going, yeah, I'm up for that sort of thing. So I, so I said, all right. So we're walking down to reception and Roland Nielsen says to us, if you're going out, lads, Trevor's at the, the door. You'll not, you'll not get out. So what we've done is we've rang up the taxi firm. We've gone back to our rooms. We've opened a window, jumped out the window, got in the taxi in the back, gone to the local booster again. Looks after us again, free drinks. So then we've kicked on to Epping Forest Country Club. <laughs> what a lovely the place spot. to be. What a lovely spot. <laughs> so we've gone out there, all this art, and then, so we go back to the hotel. At the time, we had a driver called Bobo, we used to call him. He come down, we'd had a reserve game at Hillsborough that night, because we're short of numbers, he brought two or three players down to join the, the squad. So as they were coming down, we were just getting in. So we, we had to try and avoid them. So again, the only way we could get back in was through our window. Well, anyway, Carlton's getting through this flipping window and he's only in the fucking wrong room. <laughs> Someone's lying like that. Asleep. He's like, shh. He's only carried on and gone through, <laughs> through the door, back to his flipping room. Carlton yeah, got back into the hotel escape or something. So the next morning, we're all ready to, you know, stripped and ready to go. Richie Barker comes over to me and there's a message. Nigel, hope you got back okay. Such and such a person. He went, I presume that's yours. Because the lads had told us, he said, Trevor, nod, you've gone out. You're in shit here. He, he knew we'd gone out. <laughs> so Richard gives us this thing. And I went, I looked at it, read it. I went, it's not mine. It's Nigel Worthington's. <laughs> <laughs> no full well, that it was mine. <laughs> so we go training. Fuck it, we'll throw, we'll throw Nigel Worthington <laughs> under the bus. So we go training and honestly, can't see the board. You know, you pass the ball across the circle, you control it, and you pass it to someone else. You, you, you're looking at it thinking, just to stop the ball thing. So, train was an embarrassment. Really was an embarrassment. So, we get onto the coach, head towards it. I don't know how far it was, head towards it. I'm sharing a room with Chris Waddle that night. We get back, we have an evening meal, and I'm in bed, seven o'clock. I didn't wake up till 10 o'clock the next morning. I was that tired. I've gone for a walk. Still nothing's been said. We're thinking, 
when's he going to say? So we get this is like this is like you're probably getting find a couple of weeks wages for this, aren't you, on a Thursday? At least, yeah. We get into the, the dressing rooms at Portman Road. This is when he goes right for you, such and such a that's gone out. I want something special today. Otherwise, you and shit. So he directs it, obviously, us three. So we go out there, we win 4 0. I got two. Colin scored. Waddle was amazing, something. <laughs> so he brings me off with 10 minutes to go, and he went, You ever fucking go out again on a Thursday night? I'll sack you. But we've gone there, we've gone on, we've gone on such a run, we're we, we getting to the top six. But we didn't realise if he'd have lost that game against Ipswich, he was sacked. Jesus. And we've gone out and got absolutely bladdered. I mean, I've never gone out on a Thursday, you know, two days before a game like that before. But scored a brace. It's a master yeah. stroke from him, really, then, at Francis, because he could have gone the other way. I'm just thinking about this woman waking up in her hotel room and Carlton Palmer end up bed. Showtime! It just sums Carlton up that he's actually still thought, fuck it, I'm in, I'm half in now. I'm just yeah. walking yeah, through anyway. Well, uh, we talk about Carlton's other story. We'll play QPR on New Year's Day. So we go down. And Trevor says, right, lads, you can stop up till midnight, not a problem. He said, you can have a couple of glasses of wine, but that's it. I'm sharing a room with Wad, uh, and we're sitting down. They decide to go out. Carlton, Chris Woods, and uh, Wads. And I went, I'm coming. They went, Jammer, you can't come. You, you're a young lad, you, you can't come. It's, it's not the only thing. They've not got any clubber, they're out in the tracksuit. So they're going around the middle of London, New Year's Eve. So they got to this flipping nightclub. Uh, got spotted, didn't Photos. they? Photos. Photos. Carlton's that drunk that Woods has had to give him a piggyback back to the hotel. <laughs> We're playing QPR the next day. Woods has come through, we're stopping this hotel, he's come through my door. As he's come through the door, it's all glass. He's gone and gone. I thought he was going to go through it. He woke me up and I shit myself sort of thing. He's pissed. So we get up in the morning and the, and the, and the phone's going to every room's cartons. He's out of it. We're playing a bit. He's pissed. He's sent the last boots to get some eye drops. He can't see. <laughs> so we go to have a pre-match. He's, he's not even, he's not up for pre-match. So we get on the coach. He's on the coach. We get to the ground. And you, know, you get to the ground, you put your stuff, you touch your stuff in the dressing room, you go and have a look at the pitch or so. We all go out, Carl's in trouble, he's, he's, he's all over the place. We then go back to the dressing room and Trevor starts having a talk. Where's Carlton? He's only flipping sleeping in the dugout. He's, 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 so. Is that, is that still that twatted like? Still that he's, he's just, he's obviously hung over and he's just. His eyes were all over the place. His knucky bear eyes, one, one's over this way, one's over that sort of thing. And, it, and he's, played again, again. he's played again Les Ferdinand. And to be fair to Les, he had a shocker that day and Carlton got away with it. But he, he went up for the header after about 60 minutes and the ball was about 15 yards away from him. Sort of thing. You know, he, he'd gone sort of thing, but he, he, you know, he got away with it. Did you win the game? Brilliant. We, we won it, yeah. Unbelievable. That's madness, that, isn't it? Did you not like confrontation, Trevor? No, it wasn't like that. He, he wouldn't do it, no. But Richard would. Yeah. But Trevor didn't know. But, you know, the internationals, weren't they? They got away. three England internationals are going out yeah. in London on a, on a New but, Year's Eve. But they did the get, they got fired two weeks' wages. Because, um, obviously, like I said, they got spotted by the, the, the press and all this. Like, it was all over the papers. And they come out to make a stance about it. Seeing tramps or something like that at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> tramps? <laughs> but, he's got, but 
it's fucking madness that the three international players would do that, isn't it? It's just the th- them times, one of that. Mm. I know, but there's there's been there's been levels. There's been loose and there's been fucking very loose, and that's very loose, isn't it? Yeah. So who's in charge of Notts County when you arrive? Are we Kendall? Mick Walker was the first person, like I say, it lasted five days, I think I only saw him five times. <laughs> and then he left and then flipping how Kendall came in and stuff like that. And I knew Howard because I played a lot of golf days and he always used to play on these golf days. Um, but then I think, I don't know, who else came in? Uh, Russell Slade, I think it was. And uh, But again, they didn't really fancy me something. So I went out on loan, I think. Did you sign for Notts County permanent? Yeah. Did they have to pay for you or...? Yeah, I think they paid 250 grand or 300 grand, I think, for me. Um, but again, Derek Pavey, so I went down and signed for him. And I think they were playing in this Anglo-Italian Cup, I think it was. He wouldn't let me out of the ground until I signed. And the flipping robber changed my contract. Over, you know, I signed my contract, I left, and then he changed it after gone. A little tipex out. I was meant to get £500 per game, then he put gets it into almost a 20 or something like that or whatever so he'd actually changed the contract so he doctored your contract yeah like appearance 500 appearance you know, so every time I got a goal I was going to get it so because I took a waste cut from Sheffield Wednesday Notts County that found a pound of goal I got would obviously bump the money yeah. sort of thing so I was meant to get it so if I scored on the Saturday I'd get it in my wages or the month's wages he changed it to that I'd only get it in if I scored in after 10 goals I'd, I'd get the 5 grand or whatever sort of thing you know? so I didn't get it per so, per I was, per so I was missing out on that money per week yeah. or whatever. So if you got nine goals, would you not get anything? No. Because that's how much he changed it, something. So <laughs> so I'm sitting, sitting in the fucking centre circle with my arms crossed. <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing. Um, Three o'clock, arms crossed, centre circle. But it, it was dodgy, something. So again, I, got, I, I went out on loan, I think, to Watford, where I went down there for one, did well, but met up with Craig Graham, and she said, look, after we train, she said, oh, we'll go and get a sandwich and all this stuff. He took me to a cafe, ran next to the bookies. I probably lost fucking God knows how much money and put half a stone on in a month. <laughs> <laughs> all, all we did was we, we trained, went into the cafe, it was a fish and chip shop sort of thing, into the bookies, back to the hotel, had a carvery and went to bed. <laughs> and put half a stone in a month. <laughs> but that was it. Glenn Road was the manager at the time. There was a, it was a good month there. You know. uh, um, I ended up going to Rotherham, which was successful because... Uh, we went on and won the auto windscreen final there. Scored? Scored Two. both both goals, yeah, against one of the clubs I went to sign for later on in Shrewsbury. Um, they were going to sign me, but couldn't afford me in the end. I ended up going to Oxford. Um, but, you know, Notts County should never have gone there in the first place, to be honest. The thing is, you never know, do you? Play, play, when you actually sign for a club, you never... You, never you don't know, but no. Sheffield Wednesday, because obviously I'd done so well, and then Trevor was in and out with Flash and stuff like that, I, wanted, I just wanted to play on a regular basis. I got to a point where... Yeah, I was 22 years away, 23 years away, I just wanted to play regularly. So I went to Notch County, I think I'd do that, didn't happen. And then I'm in the soccer wilderness then. I'm, yeah. And then, you know, Ultra came in, I think, I think they paid 100 grand, I think, for me, something like that, I think. So you're still, you're still uh, getting fees for you then? It's not yeah, as if you're yeah. totally, like, having a shit No, up. no, and I went to, I went to, to Oxford, you know, I had, I had, a, I had a great, great time there, very successful, did well there. I think, I think I got eight, uh, 23 goals in one season, I think it was. Um, and what, what league at Oxford in here then? They were in the, so that would be the championship, I think, what it will be now, I think. So did you not have a, never get a chance to kick up again? Or? I never went back into the Premier League after I left Sheffield Wednesday, no. Um, Even though you scored 23 in the championship yeah, or the, yeah. whatever it was. So, but um, yeah, I moved down there. And then, again, they went through a spell where they needed to, to sell or to raise money. And um, Barry came in for me. 
So these, I went to Bury and at the time Stan Turner was the manager. Oh, talk, talk us through Stan because we've had some, we've heard some incredible stories. Well, obviously again, I went, I wasn't there that long, and again he just wanted Bury were in a position where they were going to go down. And he said I just wanted to keep us up, uh, and I kept him up. Because I scored one goal, I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a goal. Um, but again, obviously, we did stay up. Um, but you know, I wasn't Stan's sort of player. But he, you know, he said to me, he said, just get me through from now to the end of the season. Then I'm going to build a team around you. I want to start playing football again in, you know, in the summer. And so I was like, perfect. He then, for being left, who took over? Neil Warnock. And to be fair to him, bless him, he called me and went, Gemma, look, let's just be honest. You're not my sort of player, are you? <laughs> and I'm not your sort of manager. I'm not your sort of manager. He said, listen, you know, what, we'll have to do something. So I think I had two as years. As that? I had two years left or something like that. I said, well, pay me up and I'll flip and go sort of thing. Um, so again, you know, it just happened. And, um, Is there a personality clash there as well? Or? No, I just, he just wasn't his sort of player sort of thing, you know. <laughs> it was all right with me. We didn't fall out or anything. <laughs> this is the first meeting? Yeah. Jamo, you're just on my sort of player. <laughs> you know, it, it was weird. And so, I mean, uh, he had me for been drinking whiskey and raw eggs and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing? But, yeah, you know, in training, you have to wear shin pads and stuff like that. I'm thinking, what the hell's going off here? Sort of thing. <laughs> um, is that, is, in, to be fair, it's half brilliant of him that he said it so quickly, isn't it? Well, yeah, like, he's honest, sort of thing. Know, and you know, he wanted his own people in there, and, you know, um, he had his assistant manager, I can't remember, the goalkeeper now, who's, who's, who's always stayed with him. Blackwell? Uh, Blackwell, Kevin, yeah. What do you think to him? Snake. Oh, <laughs> no! We knew it, man, no. we knew it. <laughs> he gets Not again, man. absolutely He's, annihilated. He, he, unbelievable. You, if you did want anything to, to, to get out, you, you tell him, and he'd just tell everybody. You know, he just, he'd run back straight away. Oh, so if one of them, if you, if you want to feed something to the manager, you just yeah. tell him? Yeah, tell him, he'd run back sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> How long were you with Warnock? And I can't, not that long sort of thing. And I then, thought we had a chance then. Yes. A couple of months. You might, Even you might he, yeah, he was all right, like Kev. He was all right. <laughs> and to be fair to him, I got on with him okay, but I knew, yeah, listen, I couldn't trust him and knew what he was like. So I, yeah, think, but... I think you've, you've half been a, a victim of your own success with starting with Cluffy. Early success. You've got nowhere to go, have you, managerial-wise? That, that's it. I had success as a young age. I mean, 20 years of age, I've scored a winning goal in the cup final. You know, I played for England twenty ones and and not made it as in top. But you know, it's, it's very hard to. You know, Forest is a club really where you'd be great going at 25, 26 years of age or something. But because I've gone there young, yeah. You know, then I've gone to Sheffield and had the car crash sort of thing. And people are saying, well, you know, what a great player he was and and what he did, but did he waste it sort of thing? Because I listen, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I hope I big up too much as well. You know, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those where if I've got an opinion, I think I'm right. I'll say it. You know, which you know, the people in life probably if you keep your gob shut, you get on more. Yeah. But you know, I've, I've had a great career, and um, but you know, like I say, there's, there's some managers that I liked and some managers I didn't. So I left Berry. Um, did you get your pay up or? I did, but then I got shafted out because the Robinson, the chairman, was meant to give me all in one lump sum. And then for being said, you get five grand a month, and then I don't know to chase it all the time. And also, I have to get the PFA involved there as well. But you know, that's like that, like that PFA hotline, I thought. Yeah. Jemma again. Jemson again. <laughs> but then I got sorted out, and then I ended up going to air. I was training down at Forest and, and travelling up 
on a Thursday to go to air, I got a flight up there, I stopped in a hotel and it was great, you know, going up Thursday morning, training Thursday, Friday, training, playing snooker in the afternoon, stopping in a hotel, they put me in this Marine Highland hotel on Troon Golf Course. I was living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that's usually like somebody yep. who's in the 30s doing that, that role then being at home and then travelling up to Scotland and playing. Yeah, I was, I mean, at the games. time, my wife, we just had my youngest kids, I think, so I was getting out of the way. You know, no fibbing, screaming, kid and everything. Couple, you know, of days peace, couple of days peace and quiet. I played the game Saturday and just travelled back again and come back and then train at Forest the other week. It, it was brilliant. And then Oxford came back in for me again. So I went back for three months. Oh, I had a shocker. It was one of those where... I'd get niggles injuries and wasn't scoring and the fans were getting on my back and all of a sudden I had a nightmare I uh, one of those things so all the good things that got on with the first spell right. yeah. didn't happen well, the second spell sort of thing. Yeah, it didn't work you, out when they come in I thought I bet you thought that it were a chance to pick up where you left off absolutely yeah I mean other people always say don't go back to the you know, the same club twice mm. or something. and for me on that time I shouldn't have done <laughs> um, and I didn't and then at the end of that season, the first time in my career, I ain't got a club. You know, I didn't know where to go to. Dennis Smith came in. And you're what, 28 this year? Probably tw- maybe just, t- 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 no, I think it was about 30, I think. Yeah. And Dennis Smith came in and he said, Gemma, I said, I can't offer you anything. He said, I know you've done it for me in the past, said, but it's not happened, sort of thing. So I'm then in the summer thinking, I've not been in this position before. And uh, Kevin Rackley from me up. Shrewsbury, fair to him, I had a lovely spell there. So basically this is, you had to take Shrewsbury because there were nothing else? Yeah, and uh, it worked out, you know, he, he wanted to be there. And I was captain of the football club um, and, and, and I had success there, you know, and obviously the Everton game sticks out. Yeah, you know, the headlines again. One of the, one of the biggest cups, you know, cup upsets um, you know, to, to beat Everton 2-1, which was... Phenomenal for, for Shrewsbury Town, you know, it was, like I say, you played that game, the pitch was awful. I, I can always remember it being wet. Yeah, well, right next to the river. Yeah. They employed someone to get the balls out there for being the river, with the kick over the stand and stuff. He'd go in his boat and for me to get the ball and come back. <laughs> <He's bored. laughs> um, but again, so we played Everton and, and again, it was one of those where, you know, we had to play to the best of our ability. Rudy was playing that day and stuff like that. And we did, we... we Myself, I mean, obviously it was a team effort, but we caused the sort of sponsor we deserved to go through. The club, though, they made so much money out of it. We had Chelsea the next round, which was live on TV and stuff. Um, but from then on, because we had a good cut run and, and, and our games were being uh, postponed because of the pitch, we were playing catch-up. We got sucked into relegation and we never got out of it. I don't think we hardly yeah. won, I think, after the Everton game. Um, we ended up getting relegated. So I left Shrewsbury. Uh, I was getting relegated. I think I was... 34 at the time so then I said to us look I'm not going I'm not driving all this way to play in the conference and no club no club really came in for me so I ended up going to Ballymena in Northern Ireland oh you weren't willing to I'm not, I'm not driving to Shrewsbury but I'll go, to, I'll go to Northern Ireland no bother but it was great I trained at Forest and just flew up for games so I didn't train at Ballymena I mean they were part time they trained on a Tuesday Thursday night I didn't I trained at Forest and flew up for games so I went up Friday afternoon uh, got picked up from the airport, went to the hotel, steak and chips, stayed in the hotel, played the game and flew back home. Who were, were all these forest managers who were letting you train with them at the time? At these well, D- David Platt was one of them. He, he let me train there. Uh, I played from Joe, 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 Joe Kier, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, 
they're, they're, I mean, Nottingham Forest has been good for me from from day. Yeah, I work there. I might stay still. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I know the chairman really well. So, so it's, it's it's the club close to, to my heart. Um, but it was great, uh, Balamina. But um, again, it, it was what it was. You know, I got got paid after a game and came back home. Um, but it's funny because obviously because I, I didn't train with them, I didn't have that rapport with the players. Sort of thing. So it was one of those look at him. He's coming here just for the money. You know, yeah. coming here to play the game. You know, Which you um, were, but fair enough, isn't it? Well, it was. It was I mean, but there's other people coming from England, from Tramia, who were playing for Linfield or Glen and we always used to meet up at the airport after have a drink and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, probably, like probably exchange money. You know, how much are you getting for a game and stuff like that? <laughs> um, but there was, a, there was a lad at the time called Shay Campbell, obviously a local lad at Ireland sort of thing, and uh, he came in and he, he wanted to be this, you know, Boy and the you know, this local boy come good sort of thing and he was in competition with me sort of thing he wanted to try and outdo me which was never going to happen really and um, we're playing a game and obviously we had set pieces you know Gemma you on free kicks around the box penalties you have those sort of thing and also so we're playing a game I took my son my youngest son uh, we'll say my only son at the time he was I think he was about three so he came over, flew over me, stopped at the hotel and we shared a double bed with me that night and all this stuff. And it was a massive thing for me taking my you know, three-year-old kid to football and I got him a Balamina top on and all that. And he actually sat in the dugout while I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one of the Rovers stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Sort of so we're playing this game and I think we're winning 2-0. So this, this Shea Campbell got two goals. So we've got a free kick at the box and he's standing near me. I went, what are you doing? You're not having it. I've got two Joe on, I want my hat-trick. I went, you're not having it. He then sneaked ahead, shot it, and, and for being missed a target. Well. <laughs> oh, tricky bugger. Oh, so, you, so he's the decoy one, but really he's gone up and on and it. <laughs> he just took it. So I've gone mad at him, and I'm fucking all sort So the crowd have picked up on it, can't do anything against the local lad. They started to give me some stick and all this sort. So obviously they've been booing me and all sort, and I've suddenly gone, sod you sort of thing. So they're slaughtering me now. So. My three-year-old son's then walking across the pitch with me and they're booming. I'm, I've got a picture on my phone. I'm actually walk. He's walking in front of me. I've got my hands over his ears. So he's got hearing. Jackson, you fucking asshole. <laughs> um, he's like, oh, they love me, Dan, over here. Look at him all cheering for him. But he's, bless him, he hasn't got a care in the world. Yeah. And I'm trying to protect him. And uh, he actually, oh, been, because of what happened, the crowd were that incensed by what's happened. They, they suspended me for a week. Um... But it, it did happen. They couldn't afford to do it after that sort of thing, and and that was the end of you know my professional career sort of thing really. Then. So was that the end then? Was that Balamina the? That was the, the last soiree sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how would you look back on it all? Fondly, you know, I've been very lucky. You know, I've I've lived my dream. I'd like to think that I've been successful. People will recognise me and appreciate my football inside of it. Um, if you play for 20 years you've been successful yeah. anyway just yeah. being professional for 20 yeah. years is a success you know do, doing that yes okay, I've not earned the, the money that's been running around now people say would you like to play now of course because your money you know, why wouldn't you do but you know, when you're kicking a ball around at 4, 5, 6 years of age it was nothing about money it was always about you know, yeah. trying to play for Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal whoever it was Man United play the Wembley play the cup finals you know, do whatever you need to do you know, it wasn't about how many cars you've got or how many houses you've got or how many million you've got in the bank. So I've done that. So I'd like to think that when people look back at Nigel Jameson, you know, it'd be remembered from a football sort of thing. And 
I can take to the grave that, you know, I scored a winning goal in a League Cup final. It was the last major trophy that Nottingham Forest have won. So I'm very proud of it. Um, the coaching side, I, you know, I went to the, I coached in the academy for three, four years, loved it, but I was only part time. And, you know, I wanted to go full time, wanted to be involved more the mm. first team or, you know, the pros rather than younger kids, even though I did enjoy it. Mm. Um, and then I've got two boys of my own that are footballers and, you know, they take over my life. and. You know, I, I love watching them now. I mean, my oldest son, um, Charlie, he he's, he's played semi-pro football now at Worksop. You know, it's, I, I love to go and watch him. And I've got uh, another son that's just turned 18. He's got a scholarship at Doncaster Rovers. So again, I go and watch him. They're both centre-halves, you know, one six foot four, so I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the ex-wife. <laughs> well, that could be Parks, that, to be fair. The question's got to be asked, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, it's very hard for them, you know, having me as a dad there because I'd be the biggest critic, but I'm very proud of them. And, you know, if, if they can, you know, do anything in football, then that'd be fantastic. If they're not, then I'll still love them and, and be proud of them anyway. Yeah. Thanks well, for coming on. Job, man, mate. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming no, on. No, no, I've always wanted to get on, and obviously it's, it's great coming on. And, uh, yeah, I could talk obviously a lot longer and more stories and stuff like that, but, uh, no, it's Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.